0: Uh, Father God, we thank you for today. We just thank you, God, for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your patience. We thank you for your mercy and your kindness. We thank you that you are are our healer, that you're a restorer. We thank you that you are opening our imaginations, God, to see what you see, God, and to hear your voice clearly and obey immediately, Father. We thank you that we are not consumed to this world god but we have been transformed father we're not conformed to this world but we have been transformed by the renewing of our minds we know that the weapons are of our warfare are mighty and powerful for the pulling down of strongholds so we thank you god that we are not we do not have any strongholds that we are narrow-minded in our focus and that is on your word and your word only Therefore, that's the images. Those are that's where our imagination sees. It only sees what you have said. So we only see what you have said. Father, we thank you that tonight that this word will enlighten us and it will cause us to be more like you. We thank you that we believe that everything that you say, God, that you will do. And so we thank you that you are a man of your word and you are to be trusted and you are a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. And we thank you that you will not bring us to shame, but the things that you have shown us in our minds, in our dreams, uh, the things that you have told us through prophets and other people, Father, that those are things are not to cause us to have envy or anything like that, but those are the things that you want us to possess. And so tonight, God, we, were, we declare that we tear down every stronghold, every mindset, every bit of wicked thinking that does not line up with your word and we will be free and liberated to experience everything that you have for us in jesus name amen amen so thank uh we're going to pick up where we left off two weeks ago talking about the power of imagination and i can't say this enough as a partner at foc make sure that you're spending time going back and listening to every word that is taught. Uh, That's very important. Make sure you're spending time listening to every word that's taught. So we talked about growing into sonship on Sunday. Make sure that you're listening to that. Even if you miss service, go back and listen to it. Join our podcast via iTunes, Google Play Store, Spotify, all those ways that you can go back and get the word. Because you're responsible for every word that comes across the pulpits for FOC. And they're all words designed for you to live your best life. All right. So with that out the way, let's get started. So the quote that we started with last two weeks ago, the Pastor Evan jumped in last week, is that is by Albert Einstein. It says, Imagination is everything. It is the preview for life's coming attractions. Everything that we see was first formed in our imagination. And so tonight, I'm just going to do my best to stick to the notes that's (laughs) written on my paper so I can get everything to you. Uh, So, everything we see was first formed in our imagination. Nothing that exists uh, was ever formed without it first being a thought, without it first being an image in somebody's mind. And so, what we got to understand first and foremost is that the image maker that God has provided to us gives us the ability to create something from nothing. My imagination is the birthplace for all future experiences. Think about that. Your imagination, it is the birthplace. It's the spiritual womb in which is a center for creation. All your future experiences are birthed out of your imagination. So everything that you're experiencing right now, everything that you see right now in your life, whether you want to believe it or not, it's all a sum total of your most dominant thoughts. It's all the sum total of your most dominant image, images that have been created in your mind. Now, they may not be images that you desire, but they're the images that are dominant. Because you can read the word of God and still not see the word of God because it's not what's dominant in your mind. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. But your, Im, your imagination, your image maker is the womb your spiritual womb for creation it's the thing that separates us from everything else god gave you the ability to create because he knew that you would see things in this earth that do not line up with his word so he gave you the ability to speak a thing and it'll become even when you don't see it with your natural eyes that's why as a believer i don't have to worry about anything but I pray about everything I tell God what I need and I praise him for everything that he's done then I know I, I have peace I have peace I have everything that I need there'll be nothing missing and nothing broken why because I understand that I have the ability in and of myself through access to the Holy Spirit to create images in my mind to cause my present reality to change And that's why God made us just like him so that we could do that. He gave us the ability to create something from nothing. In Romans four, verses 17 through 18 in the message, it says this. We called Abraham father, not because he got he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was nobody. Oh, man, that'll preach to you right there. God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. It doesn't matter what mama told you. It doesn't matter if you was in special ed. It doesn't matter what your teacher said your IQ is. God is in the. He specializes in making something out of nothing. He says God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what he will have always read in scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as a father of many peoples. God has set you up as a father of many people. God has set you up as a person that should have provision. God has set you up with peace in your mind. God has set you up with healing. God has set you up with a good marriage. God has set you up with obedient children. God has set you up with a job, making enough money to provide for your house and to give into every good work. God has set you up. You're not waiting to be set up. You are already set up. He says God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. So even if everybody in the world is counting you out, even yourself at times, baby, God can make somebody out of nobody. It says he has set you up as a father of many people. That's what he told Abraham. He says Abraham was first named father. Then he became a father because he dared to trust God. How many of you tonight dare to trust God? How many of you guys... Are willing to look adversity in the eyes and say, I'll be unmovable, steadfast. I ain't going nowhere. I'm fully persuaded of what God has said. Even though the world may see me as a nobody, I know my father God has set me up. I know that as I believe in God and I dare to trust him, that I will see what God has said. It says Abraham was first named father, and then became the father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do raise the dead to life. It doesn't matter what your money looked like, it doesn't matter what your your, your mind looked like, it doesn't matter what your body looked like. God specializes in raising raising dead things. It says, with a word, make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw not on the basis of his five senses not on the basis of the economy not on the basis of his prostate not on the basis of sarah's womb not on the basis of sperm he decided to live on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do but on what god said he would do and so he was made father of a multitude of people abraham didn't get what he got because of what he was looking at. Abraham got what he got because he dared to trust God. Abraham got what he got because he dared to create an image based on a word from God. What word, word do you have from God that you have yet created an image on the inside of you that's so big that you can stare at adversity and say, I don't care how many banks tell me no. I know the house is mine. I don't know how many doctors say that I still got cancer. I know the healing is mine. I don't care how my spouse is acting. I know a good marriage belongs to me. I don't care what my bank account is saying. I look at my bank account. I declare that what God says is I owe no man nothing but the love of. So in my mind, I see myself writing checks, to pay off every bill. I owe no man nothing but the level. I see myself writing checks to pay my utilities in full for the year. Why? Because I owe no man nothing but the level. I see myself writing off the uh, the my notes on my cards, and I see myself holding the title deeds to my house, title deeds to my cars, title deeds to everything that I own. Why? Because I see what God has already said. Abraham dared to believe God in the midst of adversity. That's why God tells us in John 16 and 33, hey, baby, in this world, you will have troubles, but what? Don't worry about it. I've already overcome the world. So Abraham said, you know what? I don't care what I see with my five senses. I dare to imagine what God has told me. And so for so many of us, we don't begin to see what God has said because we don't dare to imagine. Unlike Abraham, many times, instead of being narrow minded in our thinking, we expand our thinking by taking on the ways of the world. We do the opposite of Romans 12 and two. We conform our way of thinking to the world's way of thinking. So what you got to understand is this. Your imagination is neutral. It produces whatever it is provided. I say that again. Your imagination is neutral. It produces whatever is provided. Therefore, if you provide imagination junk, then it'll only produce junk. If you provide it wholesome word, it'll produce what the benefits of wholesome word, good or bad, right or wrong, imagination produces what is provided and so that's why it's so important for us to not despise repetitive teaching that's why it's so important for us to meditate on the word both day and night that's why it's so important for us to sit and hear the word over and over and over again. Why? Because good or bad, right or wrong, the imagination is going to produce what is provided. And we're going, and our mouth is going to speak what's in our hearts in abundance. So when we begin to spend enough time narrowly thinking, ex, instead of conforming to this world and expanding our thinking, beginning to be narrowly focused. And our thinking is only on the things of God, then we only produce the things of God. Something is always going to influence your imagination. Something is always going to influence your imagination. You must choose what you will allow to be the fuel for your image maker. So when Abraham was there and he was considering, he could have considered Sarah's womb. He could have considered uh, where he came from. He could have considered that he didn't have any kids already, and God is going to call him to be a father of many nations. He could have considered all that, but he didn't. What he considered was this. He said, Abraham, God told him, hey, I'll make you a father of many nations. He said, look at the stars. If you can count them, that's how many your your, your offspring could be. He says, count the dust the sin. If you can count all the sin in the world, that's how many kids you will have. So that's what Abraham dared to imagine in the midst of what he was beginning to look like. He imagined what God has said. And so when we get so narrowly focused on the word of God, then it doesn't matter what's going on around us. We will only see what God has said here. And we'll only see what God has said in the earth. Why? Because our focus will be like Abraham. It will, we are will only consider with the word that said about our life. And that's why that's why your environment matters. That's why Pastor Edwin told us that we got to tame our tongue. We got to tame our thoughts. We got to tame our temperament and we got to tame our team. Why? Because your environment is always contributing to that neutral factor of your imagination. So what you allow to go in your ear gate, in your eye gate, what you allow to go uh, to, to be around, it's always impacting the images in which you see. And so if my images do not line up with the word of God, I need to begin to evaluate what I'm allowed to come into my life into my and my soul in order for me to produce a different image. So a lot of times we don't like what we see in this earth, then we got to change what we see in our head. We got to change the image that we have created on the inside of us that causes the image that we see with our physical eyes. The words you hear really do matter. They they produce images that then produce manifestations. This is why there's a need to renew our minds. In Romans 12, verse two, it says this. It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by what? The Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think this will empower you to discern god's will as you live a beautiful life satisfying and perfect in his eyes so check this out so we're we're called not to conform to this world and this in romans 12 i think this is uh the amplified version the amplified classic version maybe it says stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the holy spirit through a total reformation of how you think. So how am I going to begin to produce new images? I can begin to produce new images by by inwardly focusing on the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to transform or reform my thinking. This is what empowers me to discern God's will. A lot of times we can't discern the will of God because we haven't spent enough time listening to the Holy Spirit. We haven't spent enough time looking at God's word to even know what he's saying. Because that word discern means to perceive or to recognize or to distinguish with our other senses. You can't discern things of God using your sight using your smell, using your ears, using your taste or your touch. Your five senses are not capable of discerning the things of God. You discern the spirit by the spirit. And so being a tripartite being i gotta utilize holy spirit to understand the will of god for my life so i can create images and my my mind could be reformed to the image in which god has created it for, for it to be so that i may see what god has already told me that i can have but for many of us we have adopted the way of thinking that's in this world so what we do, we whatever the world does, we do. So if the world says, hey, this is a recession, we now believe that we're in a recession. If the world says that you gotta be married before you're 30, then everybody feels like that if they married after 30, then they that they time their timer is ticking, right? The world says that X, Y, Z must happen before. Uh, X, man, One, two, and three must happen Before four, five, and six happens But that's only in the world With God, all things are possible To the man that believes Or in other words, all things are possible To the man that produces An image inside of his mind That aligns with the word of God Then sees that thing on the outside The only thing stopping me From seeing what God has said Is my ability to see What God has said That's good, that you need to know God's word. So your imagination is godly and not wicked because your imagination is neutral. That's why when you were, I think I used an example a couple of weeks ago that you lay in bed and, and you think about, you see an ice cream commercial, and then you think about the ice cream, then your imagination produces the thought. Like I like going to Andy's. I love ooey gooey uh, ooey gooey's from uh andy's I, that's my favorite uh ice cream and so as i'm laying there or even as i'm sitting there as i said the word ooey gooey i pictured the plastic cup with andy's written around it and what red letters with the little yellow thing going through it. i pictured the ice cream on top with the toffee and the pecans and the caramel why because you're you're imagination is always wanting to create images to help you move towards the thing that you desire. So your imagination, when I feed it the word of God, can paint images that are like the word of God. So I may see any natural manifestation of those images. But when I begin to use my imagination and I feed it other things, it's only going to produce what it has been fed. So if I feed it ice cream. And I see that. And then your imagination is strong enough, you'll begin to begin to have a taste. You'll taste the salt in the ice cream. You'll begin to to, to taste the caramel. You'll begin to taste the, cho- the chocolate. And before you know it, your imagination has caused you to have an experience that has moved you to action. That's why you slept with them. You didn't sleep with them. The first time you slept with them wasn't the physical act of you sleeping with them. You had slept with them before you even went on the date. You had already did that before you had already did that. So the same way you have used your imagination to obtain things that you desired that were ungodly, you use your imagination and the word of God mixed into it to produce images so that you may manifest yourself things in the earth that line up with the will of god all right i won't talk about ice cream no more for you dad but that's an example people get with food for you dad you can see that broccoli steam those brussels sprouts sprouts cut in half with olive oil with 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 pink himalayan salt on top of them and some fresh cracked black pepper toasted to they little brown with that little char on them that's what you gotta imagine over there on keto that that helps you out but The thing is, your imagination is always working. The question is, what are you fueling it? What are you giving your imagination? What are you giving your thoughts? What are you giving yourself in order to obtain it? And for a lot of us, we read the word of God, but we have not meditated on the word of God until the image that God, the image of the thing that God has told us we can have is bigger than the thing that we see in the natural. And that's why for a lot of people, healing doesn't manifest. For a lot of people, financial uh, prosperity doesn't manifest. It's not that you don't know the word. It's the fact that the word isn't bigger than what you see in the natural. The image that not bigger than the image that you'll conform to in this world. Let me keep going. We'll talk about that in a moment. It says we got to quit acting like the rest of the world. Stop giving weight to words that contradict the word. Stop giving weight to words that contradict the word. It doesn't matter what big mama, Yo mama, and Aunt Lois had. You don't got to have it. It doesn't matter what's in your uh, your history, high blood pressure, kidney, cancer, whatever it is. You don't got to have it just because big mama and they mama and everybody else had it. You got to stop giving weight to words that contradict the word. So, so, so when you go to the doctor, you feel like that family history. It's just family history. It doesn't matter to be your history. It doesn't got to be your reality unless you give weight to those words. It doesn't matter how many people got divorced in your family. It doesn't matter how many people died before 50. It doesn't matter how many people didn't graduate college. It doesn't matter if nobody ever made $100,000 before. Baby, if you can imagine it, it can become your reality. But you've got to stop giving weight to words that don't align with the word of God. Because when you begin to. So it doesn't matter how much time you spend in the word of God. It doesn't matter how many scriptures you read. It doesn't matter how many people you listen to. The question is, what words are you giving weight, weight to? What is your anchor? What is holding you down? What is holding you down? Because whatever, it is, whatever the word is that holds you, whatever the word that you give weight to, that's the word that your imagination runs with and causes you to experience in the natural. First Peter 2 and 24 says this, He himself bore our sins and his body on the cross so that we may die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed by his wounds you have what been healed so it doesn't matter what mama Nim and daddy Nim and grandpa Nim and whatever else Nim went through you are the healed of the lord the question is which word would you give more weight to What will you use to fuel your imagination? Will you use the facts in which the doctors told you about high blood pressure? Will you use the facts in which the doctor told you about high blood sugar? Will you use the facts in which uh, the economy says about uh, the, uh, the money and all this? Or will you use the truth in which God has spoken about whatever situation he has? Uh, in your life, that you are blessed and highly favored, that above all things that he wants you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, that it is his his will and his good pleasure to give you the kingdom, that it was his ideal to bless you. It was his ideal to create you. It was his ideal to give you a path unto righteousness. There was his ideal to bless you with grace and mercy. Which word will you give weight to? And whatever word that you give weight to, your imagination will manifest that thing. So the word is our weapon to purify our imagination. The word is our weapon to narrow our thinking to only that of the spirit. So the word of God is designed to cause us to have a narrow thinking in the sense of what our imagination can access. So if I spend more time in the Word than I do anything else, then by default, my response will always be the Word. My imagination, the images in which my my soul, my mind, my will, my emotion, my imagination, and my intellect, those images in which they are created by my soul will by default align with the Word of God because my focus in this world will be narrow and I will conform to this world's way of thinking and this world's culture of doing things thing. But as long as I conform to this world, then my image maker, my imagination, my soul is impacted by the things of this world. So and a lot of times people tell you, hey, you, you don't need to have a narrow focus. Hey, you need to expand. Except in this point, you don't need to expand. You need to have a narrow focus and your focus needs to be on the word of God. And we talked about that two weeks ago in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, warfare are not carnal, right? Carnal. But they're mighty. They're not carnal, but they are mighty. I don't fight in the flesh, but I have mighty weapons through God for what? The pulling down of strongholds casting down what what are we casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself what above against the knowledge of god and brings into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ so my job is to use the word of God to tear down strongholds. My job is to use the word of God to tear down imaginations in my mind. My job is you to use the word of God to frame my future. You gotta understand that your imagination is the backbone of your future. It's the spine in which holds all those things together. And so my imagination is, is the thing that I am using in, to begin to build a future and hold that thing up. So if I am not fueling my imagination with godly things, then my future will not be filled with godly things. So if I want to see something different, I got to see something different. But if I want to see something different, I got to fuel my imagination. I got to fuel my soul with something different. I got to meditate on the word. See, so many of us are out here trying to fight sickness. You're trying to fight poverty. You're trying to fight depression and lack and sexual sin and addiction and all those things. But let me give you a secret. All those things are already defeated by Christ. Our fight isn't against anything fleshly. Our fight is to tear down all conformity to this world using the word of God. Let me go back to 2 Corinthians verse 5 casting down all what? Imaginations. So I'm not fighting sickness. I'm not fighting poverty. I'm not fighting depression. I'm not fighting lack. I'm not fighting addiction. I'm not fighting a bad marriage. I'm not fighting disobedient kids. I'm not fighting the economy. I'm not fighting debt. I am using the word of God to tear down Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So I'm using the word of God to paint an image in my mind of me having more money than I have money. I'm using the word of God to paint an image in my mind to see me having more money than I have years. I'm using the word of God to paint an image in my mind to see that I have more money than my family has generations. I see the word of God to paint images in my mind to see that I will leave an inheritance to my children's children and their children so that I will, my life, my legacy, will begin to be something that blessed generations upon generations upon generations. I'm not fighting debt. I'm using the word of God to tear down imaginations that have, conformed in my, that have formed in my mind based off my upbringing. What do you mean, Ralph? I I have to use the word of God to tear down in my mind. Here's one thing I talk about myself. I found myself realizing early on that on Fridays I would always go out to eat. And and as I've been walking through this about imagination and those things, I realized that I go out to eat on Friday because growing up, we got a child support check. We got $52.50 every week, me and my brother, from my dad. We would go to the grocery store with my grandmother or with my mom. We would buy food for Monday through Thursday. Because on Friday, my mama got paid and it was the one day during the week we got to go out to eat. So before I realized that even in my adult mind, even when I got more money than I have month, even when, when I'm eliminating all debt in my life, I realized I was still conforming to a way of thinking that I had experienced in my life growing up. And so I had to realize that, oh man, that's why I did that. That's why I like going out. That's why I go out to eat on Fridays. Why? Because from my childhood experiences, you begin to have things that have formed in your mind that. That cause you to think a certain way that cause you to create a certain image and so what we got to use is the word of god to tear down images that don't align with the word of god here's an image here's an image that i had when you get money you better spend it all because if you don't spend it all then something's going to come up that takes it and so when in the beginning years of my life i spent everything that i had why because in my my growing up the way of thinking was you better spend it while you have it on the things that you want because a bill don't take it if you don't. That was a way of thinking. And so until I began to get into the word of God to be like, okay, that's wicked thinking. Okay. that that That's not the will of God. God says that that he has, uh, has given me the power to get wealth. God says that he wants me to owe no man nothing but to love him. God said that in his will that I live an abundant life. God said that he has come that I may have an abundant life. God says that, 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 that he wants me wealthy. He wants me prosperous. But that doesn't conform with the image that I grew up with that said you better spend everything and not save it. Savings wasn't something that was that was created in my image growing up so I didn't have it. Not that savings was bad, it just wasn't in my image. Because it wasn't up here in an image that I created, it wasn't in an image, it wasn't something that I experienced in the natural. And for so many of us, our upbringing, when it comes down to money, is causing us to make decisions today based on childhood upbringing. What in, what childhood image right now is impacting you negative, negatively on the way that you spend money? So you know what I had to do? I had to begin to change my environment on what, what savings look like. I had to allow God to let me know what was seed and what i could spend i had to trust that god had my best interest in mind when it come back when it came down to my money so i began to use the word of god that god says hey bring the tithe into my storehouse god says bring me your offerings and god says as you're doing to them i will cause men to pour into your bosom he says, i'll take good care of you raf you can trust me with this seed and so as i began to do that and i started off with where i was i began to see my savings grow and then something happened with my savings why because i had an image in my mind you ever heard this saying that money is for a rainy day and so in my in my image maker in my imagination all the savings that i had going out all the money that i was saving was for a rainy day but the word of god doesn't say that there ever has to be a rainy day the word of god doesn't say that my savings has to be for rain the word of god says that I can build store have god will give me storehouses he'll give me houses that i can build got to provide a provision to me where there'll be more than more than enough meat for me in my house that's what the word of god says so i remember pastor Sean and pastor edwin sitting me down and says hey you need to begin to see your uh, uh savings differently he says that's a curse that's that's a curse that's a wicked way of thinking what what had i done i had conformed my imagination i had fueled my imagination by seeing of the world that my savings is for a rainy day so in college i believe it was my junior year i was live a college i was at, living in carson terrace me and april was married and this is how vivid it was to me and i said it because i used the last, i remember the last time i used that savings was to fix my car i remember saying this is the last time and it always happened when we got to a thousand dollars. It was awesome. It always happened. I said, no, sir. My savings is not for a rainy day. My savings is to bless God and to bless people. I will only use this m- money to bless God and bless people. And every since that day and around and. Five 2006, I don't use my savings for no, for no rainy days. Now, what's not, and I ain't saying that your tire don't blow out, baby, you drive a car. If you drive a car with four tires on it, tires are depreciating, tires erode. That's not a rainy day. That means if you drive a car, you're going to need to put tires on it, right? But so many times, instead of planning for things that are maintenance issues, We don't plan for them and they become big issues. That's just a lack of planning, baby. You need to plan better. If you got a car right now, let me help you. In the next three or four years, you're gonna need tires. Go ahead and consider that. Put some money back. If you own a home, you know, would you own a home? A hot water heater may go out. Those things may occur. Go ahead and put money back. So many times, God is telling you to put money back, but you're going to buy the next pair of Jordans. You're going to go on the next trip when God said, this is a trip money. This is savings money. But because you don't have allowed the word of God to become the image that you see. Instead, you see Bahamas. Instead, you see Vegas. Instead, you see Atlanta. Instead, you see those things. And so you go out there and that image is what you created. So you experience what the image has created. But then when those things show up, then you're like, oh God, what do I do now? You should, it's question is, what should you have done then? Why? So you gotta begin to trust God enough and paint new images by understanding that I can trust God with my life. So what are you doing? What, What you are doing is tearing down the strongholds you created. You are reshaping your imagination, right? That's what we're doing with the Word of God. But you got to understand that you are a tripartite being, all right? we don't wrestle against flesh and blood the weapons are worth are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds what strongholds the ones that i have created in my mind i use the word of god i don't have to be sick god says that i'm healed god says by his stripes i'm healed god says he wished above all things i prosper and be in health. god says that he sent his word and he healed them all god says that the holy spirit being here god says that on the cross by those, because he went on the cross, he took the consequences of all sin. What's the consequences of sin? Death, sickness, ailment. What's the consequence of sin? Depression, anxiety. So I don't got to experience those. So what I got to do is spend enough time focused on the cross. I got to spend enough time focused on the word. I got to spend enough time narrowly uh, creating a narrow pathway for my thinking and stop doing this broad thing. You don't need a broad thing. What you need is narrow thinking, and that narrow thinking needs to be focused on the Word of God. So why is it so hard to change, right? Because you are a tripartite being. You are 100% spirit, you are 100% soul, and you are 100% you got a body. See, here's my body, right? My spirit and my soul, they're not visible to the eye. And your body has formed attachments to the things in this earth. You got to understand that your body is made out of this earth and it's attracted to the things in this earth. Your body craves the earth because it was created from the earth. The same way your spirit craves the spirit because it's created by God, which is a spirit. And you got to understand, you got to stop saying this, man, I'm just human. No, you are one one third of you is 100 percent God. You ain't just human. One third of you is 100% God. You're not like God, but you, but God in spirit. He didn't say 100% of you is like God. 100% of you is God in spirit form living on the inside of you. And when you become narrow-minded and you focus on that one third, then the other two-thirds will align. But the problem is, we allow our bodies to dictate our imagination, all right? If you a guy, when you see she walk by and she your type, then that, if you don't capture those thoughts in your mind, you begin to create images that'll take you to a place. And when you begin to go to that place in your mind, then before you realize, you'll be at that place in your reality. Same thing for women. And here's the thing about it. Your body will begin to respond to the pictures that you paint in your mind. That's why your body has a response when you begin to see certain things. Why? Because your image maker is at work. The thing that God gave you to create, to cause you to begin to produce kingdom inside of this earth, that thing is designed, you are using it for earthly means so it's so powerful that it always produces so if i feed it junk it'll produce the junk so if i believe i'm broke and i see that i'm broke then i'll be broke if i believe that i'm sick and i begin to see that i'm sick then i will experience sickness that's why a person can be sick with something uh That's why a person can be depressed or a person can do that. And then it will begin to see other ailments in your body. Why? Because when your body begins to to see those images, it's been begin to produce every byproduct of the disease that you see yourself with. So, but, but what we have to do is focus, have a narrow focus on that one third. What does the word say about this? And that's why I love Pastor Evan and Pastor John in this ministry, because they're gonna always ask you, "What did, what did God say? What, what does the Word say about your situation?" Yeah, you gotta feed your spirit so it's strong. It's absolutely, Pastor Evan. That's that's good. Your soul, all right, your your mind, your will, your emotion, your imagination, your intellect are all neutral and shaped by input. Your mind is shaped by the input in which you give it. So here's the thing. You know why when I'm in a bad situation, I don't yell cuss words because that's not input for me. That's not that's not that's not something I practice. That's not something I put into my life. All right. But here's the thing. Your mouth don't ever lie. Whatever whatever comes out in a pressure situation, that's your truth. That's your truth. That's your truth. When that unexpected bill show up, how you respond, that's your truth. When a doctor tells you some information that doesn't align with the word of God, how you respond, that's your truth. How you see yourself, that's your truth. Why? Because from the abundance of a man's heart, so his his mouth speaks. So from abundance of my heart, my mouth is speaking, but my mouth is only speaking the thing that I have been meditating on and my mind has already created. So the question is, what's your truth? What's your input? What are you feeding yourself? Because if I focus on the part of me that's 100% God and I become so narrowly focused on that, then all my mind is able to produce is that. So what we got to understand is this. Conforming not conforming to this world requires effort not conforming to this world requires focus not reco- <laughs> conforming to this world requires faith faith so that's why God tells us in Hebrews 11 and 6 he says God you, those who come to me must believe that I am and that I am a rewarder of those who diligently seek me what I got to understand is this I'm not exempt from life challenges but I have already overcome all those challenges. Now, my ability to experience the finished work of victory is related to my ability to see it first in my mind. i say that again. My ability to experience the finished work of victory that Christ has already promised to us, that Christ has already died on the cross for, that John 16 and 33 says that we have. My ability to experience the finished work of victory is directly related to my ability to see it first in my mind. Imagination always precedes action and experience. Imagination always exceeds action and precedes action and exp- existence or experience, same thing, or similar things, rather. So I got to first see God that God is. And I also got to see that God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek me. See, some of us see God as the God of Pastor Edwin, God of God of Pastor Chris, God of, pa- God of the... Uh, uh uh for pastor dollar god of pastors god of apostles god of prophets but you got to understand that god is for you and god is a rewarder of you god's a rewarder of caring god god is sheila's rewarder god god is uh secunda's rewarder god is april's rewarder god God is your rewarder. You got to see God as your rewarder. Because if you don't understand that God is your rewarder, then you will never be rewarded. Because God can't do for you what you haven't already seen done for you. Even with salvation, before you ever said the prayer of salvation, first you was prompted by the Holy Spirit that you needed that. And then as you saw that, you saw yourself being, et- being eternally with God. And so you said, God, I want to accept you as Lord over my life. And see, let's just be honest. A lot of us don't, don't paint correct images of what it means to be Lord. We want that salvation part. We see the image of eternity with God, but we don't want the image of, of God being Lord. But you got to see God at But you got to see that because you saw that you said it. And because you said it, you'll now see it. So when you do die and you depart this body, then you'll spend eternity with God. You have already seen yourself doing that. So you're going to see yourself doing that. But for a lot of us, we are around the word of God. We talk about the word of God. We even read the word of God, but we don't see ourselves the way that God, the word of God says, uh, sees us. And because we fail to see the victory that God has provided, we fail to see the victory that God has provided. So what our imagination is designed to do, and what reason God gave us our imagination, is that our imagination keeps us from perishing. Our imagination keeps us from being diverted by sideshow distractions. Our, uh, our imagination keeps us focused when there are circumstances that are unfavorable that show up in my life. So that when when my, when things are rocky in my marriage, I always saw myself the way that God said our marriage would be. I saw myself growing old with April. I saw that. When, before we had kids, you know, people people have kids, and uh, and sometimes that's a struggle for people. But, but when we begin to have kids, man, April saw our kids. We, we actually saw Ava first. That's how we knew we was going to have multiple kids. I saw a little girl with long curly hair running by a tree uh, playing and laughing. I saw that. And so when we had our first kid, we were like, we ain't finished because we still got a picture of an image that God gave us. So we went back again. And 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 see, that's the thing. It doesn't matter what adversity says. It doesn't matter that they said, well, because of birth control, that you have this will have to happen and this will have to happen, all these things I have to carry before y'all can have a kid. No, I know what I saw, and this is what I'm gonna see. And so sometimes we're so we're not as convinced about the image that we see in our head. So we, we stagger at the premises of God. We stagger at what he said because we, we, we are circumvented by our five senses. So, God, I know you said that this is the year of great release. I know you said that this is the year of five and one, but you don't know how my body feels. But you don't know how many people have told me no. You don't know how many men have walked by me and didn't notice me. You don't know how many women have walked by me and didn't notice me. God, you know that my time is ticking. I'm 36 with no kids and I ain't married and I ain't dating. God, you don't know. But yeah, baby, he does know. And see, here's the truth that we all got to realize. You got to know that God knows more about you than you ever knew about yourself. God has been with you prior to you being with you. From the foundation of the earth, we were with God. We were on his mind. So before all of that was created, I was with God and I was on God's mind. So I only have been with myself for 38 years, but God has been with me for millennia. How am I in 38 years feel so good about myself, think that I'm so intelligent that I can make the best decisions for myself in 38 years of being with myself when God has been with me for millennia. Who am I to not trust God, right? That's what you tell your kids. You just tell them what you tell them, live and learn. You tell you tell your kids, hey, hey, I, I know you think you know all that, but hey, I, I've been there, I've done that. God's been there. He done that. In fact, God said that he created the end before the beginning. He says, I know everything that you need, Sheila. I know everything that you need, Tasha. I know everything that you need, my dear. I know everything that you need, Kristen. I know everything that you need, Courtney. Trust me in my ways when I tell you. So that house that I showed you, that job that I showed you, the money that I told you that you can have in savings, those things that I showed you, that's not because I'm a mean God that I'm teasing you, baby. I am showing you the end of things. I am showing you what I promised you. I am showing you what Jesus died for and he sealed it and now it's your inheritance, but you won't be able to see it in earth until you have seen it and believed it in your imagination. That's why our imagination is a tool of warfare. That's why I say tool where we go against the things of the enemy, I won't be distracted by so I won't be uh distracted by things circumstances. I won't be distracted by life's challenges. God already told me that in this world I have challenges, but be of good cheer, be of good hope, know that I've already overcome the world. I won't be diverted. Go ahead and type that I will not be diverted i only i'll see what god has said i will not be diverted i'll see what god has said so my imagination keeps me from perishing it keeps me from perishing it says hardship will run rampant and you will quit if you don't remain what what's our scripture for this year if you don't remain what steadfast unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing your labor is what? Not in vain in the Lord, baby. You studying in that word. That's not a labor in vain. You sitting down, meditating, creating those images in your mind mind that's not a labor in vain you turning off the tv and focusing on the word you turn you're refusing to play and you're fasting to align your flesh with the word you're doing the things that god has called you to do baby that's not a labor in vain god will reward your due due diligence i mean though the vision tarries the bible says wait on it why because it has surely come to pass it tarries you're, the vision has already manifested, right? Though it tarries, wait on it. Wow. In that waiting, I am creating the image. And what did the Bible say? It has surely come to pass. It comes to pass in the physical when it has came to pass in the mental. When my imagination has produced the image of the thing that God has said, then I'll say it out of my mouth. Why? Because my heart, the eyes of my heart will be full of my mouth to speak and it'll speak it full of faith and I will see what God has said. That's what he said when he came to earth. He says, man, the earth was dark and without form. He said, let there be light. And what? There was. He saw it. He he knew in his heart what it was supposed to look like. He knew what he wanted to happen. And so he looked at that thing and he said it. Why? Because you don't need to see anything in the earth to see what God has said. You don't need to see anything in the earth to see what God has said. You don't need to see money to have money. You don't need to see. What do you mean, Ralph? You don't need to see it in in the earth. It doesn't matter what my account says. I am rich. I am highly favored. I owe no man nothing to love him. I have everything that I need. I'm man, I have plenty more to put in store, right? I'm able to give to every good work and charitable donation. I am a benefactor for the kingdom of God. When God needs a man in this earth to sow, he calls me because he knows he can trust me with his funds. And so he's never going to do without me because he knows that I can be trusted. And because he knows that I can be trusted, he is always going to be putting seed in my hand because he knows the kingdom will always have. Wow! I imagine myself doing that, and I have seen myself grow from place to place in a recession this year. I I was counting up. I I think I'm close, if not exceeded. I have so more in the first in the nine months of this year than I did all last year combined. In, a, in, a, in, a, in whatever we call him what we're in. Why? Because I kept telling them, and, and God is calling us to sow. Why? Because he is getting us to a point where we begin to move from this place of comfort to a place of excess. See, I'll be honest, I talked about my, myself. Why? Because God's dealing with me. I used to have an issue, and I'm still working on it. And I see myself having excess now. But I used to have I used to have an issue with that. I used to have an issue with buying stuff that I didn't need. Like I only brought shoes when I needed shoes because why do you need 20 pairs of shoes? You just buy a pair when you need it. Why do you need a new TV if your other one ain't broken? Right. I had those were all issues that 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 seemed like. Being a good financial person, but really was really a poverty. It's really poverty thinking. I was afraid to spend because not because I didn't have, but because if I spent that, then I wouldn't have that. I began to get comfort in my savings because I imagine that being my rescuer. And see, for a lot of us, you, you have you have begin to put weight on something that's not the word of God. So I put weight on my savings. I put weight on this. I put weight on that, but I didn't put weight on the word of God. I actually put weight on sowing, but you know what I didn't put weight on? I didn't put weight on receiving. And so the thing that I'm learning now in my imagination, I see myself getting this morning. I woke up. And I said, Lord, I thank you for seed. I thank you for seed, God, because as a sewer, I always need seed. And I think that when I get seed, God just show me that what's bread and what should go out. And so this morning I woke up and then I always check my accounts. And so I went to check my account. and I was like, well, praise the Lord. A few hundred more dollars showed up. That I wasn't expecting. Didn't know that was coming. Thank you, Lord, for that. Why? Because I've been calling in money that's been owed to me. Why? Because as a sower, I have a right. It is a covenant agreement with God that I also reap. And see, it's so crazy for us because we, some of us, I'm talking about myself, me. Let me talk about me. And then you find yourself where you find yourself. I had a, I always loved giving, but I had an issue with receiving. And, and I was just talking, and I'm much better now. I, I, I receive if y'all want to sell money, I, I receive your money. I pray blessings over your life, right? I, I receive now, but I just tried to bless somebody this week because this is how it, this is how it go. I tried. It was a guy. He was actually my student. He does. He came to my house, did some things for me. Really great guy. He cut his finger. Uh, uh, he cut himself so he can't work. I know that he needs to work to take care of his family. So I said, hey man, look. I want to bless you and your family. Let me buy you a meal. Let me do something for you because I want to be a blessing for you. And his response to me was like, no, I really appreciate that. But God got me. I said, homie, do you not understand that God's in heaven and that God uses people to bless you, but you out here refusing goodness from people? God's trying to grow you up right now, but you up saying, no, that's okay. That's old, that old fake humility. You better receive the seed. You better receive the thing that God has for you. That doesn't even make sense somebody's trying to be good to you and you can't even receive it because you're like, no, God don't take care of me. Baby, God ain't out coming out of heaven. He ain't he ain't coming down here bringing you no, no four for four. He ain't coming down here taking you to the steakhouse. He ain't coming down here signing no papers for the new house. God wants to bless you and the way that he blesses you is through people. So as long as you keep saying no to the things that people trying to get to you, you can not never receive from God say law lot on that and that was me so now my imagination i begin to have to paint a new picture on that i see myself receiving i saw myself getting unexpected income i begin i see myself making substantially seven digits a year I see myself walking into what I know God has called me to be, which is millionaire status. And see, I always talked about it, right? But I wasn't seeing myself doing that. I'll be honest with you. And because I wasn't seeing myself do that, I hadn't saw I hadn't seen that thing in the natural. But the more I begin to walk, and I'm like, you know what? I don't care what people think. It, it, I don't care what people think about the prosperity gospel. They can do whatever they want to do. But at the end of the day. I got to do what God wants me to do. And God wants me to be wealthy. God wants us loaded. And I know that bothers people. And it used to bother me to say it, even say it out loud. And I'll be honest. When I used to teach, I would not say that. But let me tell you, baby, God wants you loaded. God wants you to have so much that you're able to give to every good work and charitable donation. God wants you to be there, but let me tell you that you'll never be there if you don't see yourself there. Let me let me put this caveat in there. You won't ever be there if you don't obey God. So the thing about being loaded is this: you're only a steward of what you have. So if I have a million dollars then it ain't really my million dollars. It's God's million dollars. And I am to do with that million dollars whatever God has instructed me to do with the million dollars. But I can't ever have that if I don't ever see myself having that. And so you got to begin to see yourself. Ooh, God, I thank you. I got, I, I get to write a five-digit check. God, I thank you that I can write a t- t- my tithe is a five-digit check. God, I thank you that the seed that I sow in a year's time is six digits a year. God, I thank you that the biggest thing in my that I give in my house is offering. God, I thank you that my offering exceeds my tithe, Father. I see myself there. Why? Because that's where I know God wants me. And so it doesn't matter what it is today, because like Abraham, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. Right. How did he hope against hope? How? Because the image in his mind gave him the ability to do what? What they've been teaching about them last two weeks is your imagination gave you the ability to be resilient you can't be resilient if you don't see the finish already you can't be resilient if you don't already see yourself crossing the finish line you can't be resilient and being debt free if you ain't already saw your debt free that's why you quit all the time that's why you have no resiliency because you don't see yourself doing it you don't see it done so many marriages have failed because no image was created of a happy marriage. Divorce stayed on the table. So many people have died prematurely because they didn't see it. They didn't see health. They didn't see wholeness. And part of the reason they didn't see it is because they didn't want to do it the way God called them to do it. They didn't want to give up the pork when God said, hey, you don't need to be eating all that pork. When I ate bacon all my life, well, okay, die early. And see, that's a, that's, see, see I, I just tell you how it is. You just gonna die early. See, when you don't listen to God and you do things contrary to the way God wants them to be done, I know that. Listen, you just because what, what's the wages of sin? Y'all tell me I'll wait. What's the wages of sin? The wages of sin are what? They're death. So anytime we are operating. Contrary to the Word of God, what we're really saying in our flesh is that hey, look, yeah, I'm interested in that early death. Sign me up. See, we don't ever say it that way, but that's what we're saying. And sometimes, yes, it is a physical death when God's telling you to drink more water. When God is, I see y'all, Bible scholars, uh, Miss Lewis, Miss Goins, and Tasha. I see y'all. What's what's occurring there because you fail to. To hearken to the word of God and say, we, we want to paint this imagery that is all nice. Yes, God is loving. God is kind. But God isn't coming down and say if. Listen. People die every day, right? People die every day. If God rescued everybody from dying, then nobody would die. A lot of times we live in a world right we live in a world we live in sin and so the sin of this world death is part of it but a lot of times premature death is not god's fault it's our fault because we didn't do what god said to do you broke a lot of times because you didn't do what god said to do and see we 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 take this obedience things we take god's word as optional right we take we take god's word as you know when you buy when you buy something at the store I, i just brought something at best bottle of the other day and they offered me an extended warranty that extended that extended warranty is designed to protect my investment in the event that it's damaged and so when you were born god gave you an extended warranty. God gave you a promise keeper. God gave you a guarantee. God gave you the Holy Spirit, which is one third of your tripartite being. You are 100% like God. And the purpose of that tripartite, the Holy Spirit, is to cause the love of God to be shed abroad in your heart. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to cause you to understand the word. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to say to you what God needs to be said. And so what we do, with that, we decline the optional guarantee. We say, Holy Spirit, I hear you. Or some of us, we so fleshly that we don't even hear it. We so carnal we don't even hear God speaking because we're not even tuned in. But some of us is like, oh God, I've been, I've been grown 38 years. I got this. I know you've known me for millennia, but I got this with God. I'm taking this job anyway. And so you move to the place and you take the job only to find yourself in a situation that's not, what you want and not what you thought because you disobey God. Some of y'all need to eat better though. I mean, I I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I want to be the bearer of information. If you don't change what you're doing when God has told you to change it, then what you're saying is, is God, I don't want the protections you have for me. It's the same thing with your money. Order my steps. That's the song. All right. So let's keep going. Oh, no, I just not looked at the clock. I haven't been looking at the screen. It's one Uh, hour, 10 minutes. All right. So let me finish this part. So imagination keeps us a parish, And we talked about that. Additionally, when we use our imagination properly, it casts off all restraints. The only time you see limit is when you're not operating in your godly imagination. Why? Because there are no limits in godly imagination. Where is that? Psalms 119 and 96 let me pull it up real quick Psalms 119 and 96 119 96 it says i have seen limit to all perfection but your commandment is exceedingly broad there is no there that observes that there is a limit to all perfection right there's a limit to all perfection but your commandment is exceedingly broad let me read it out of this translation it says to all perfection, there is a limit, but your commands are boundless. He's talking about his words. His, Your word is boundless. The Christian Standard Version says it like this. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your command is without limit. So when I begin to operate in the word of God, the only reason I could ever see limits is because I'm not operating in the word. Why? Because the word is boundless. That's why Bill Gates get a word about making gateway computers when it never has been done and he did it. Why? Because you got to understand that any man can access images and, and who accesses uh, images and creates that thing in his mind, then has the ability to do what? Proceed to action and existence. Bill Gates acted. And, has, and, and, and the gateway, well, gateway computers don't exist anymore, but they existed. Why? Because there was an imagination. See, what you do, you allow your mind and your thoughts to be conformed by the world's way. In the world's way, there are limits but when the words of god are without limit it's it, it, it's limitless it's boundless so your imagination your image maker becomes boundless becomes limitless when you begin to use the word as the fuel to paint painted images in which god has for you that's why abraham saw himself as a father of many nations even when in the natural there was limits but he didn't see those limits why because in his image The word of god was without limit so to lose all restraints in my life you must you must imagine something different to loose restraints you must imagine something different y'all go ahead and log off if you need to i gotta get past this last thing we'll be good let me give you this last example then we can close uh you can go to genesis 11 56 11 verses five and six and you know, the Tower of Bible. And at the end of it, it says verse six. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. I don't want you to think I'm making this up. This is what the word of God says. Nothing is restrained to the man which they have imagined to do. So if you imagine yourself doing what the word of God saying, it doesn't matter. Your haters can't stop you. The bank can't stop you. All 7 billion people on this earth can't stop you if you imagine being what God has told you to be. Your race can't stop you. Your sex can't stop you. Your nationality, your belief can't stop. None of those things matter. They can't stop you. They are not limits if you see yourself the way God has seen you. And here's your example. A woman is mentally abused in a past relationship. Her husband cheats on her and then makes her. Makes it seem like it's her fault. He talks back to her and about her. Then he decides to leave her. Now the lady is single. However, the image of her past man is emblazoned in her mind. She moves to a new place. She gets a new job and she's living her best life. However, all her relationships are struggling. She sees each man through the image of the old one. So through the though the situation is new, the restraint of the old image is still constraining her. Though the man is good, the image of the old one causes her to act like she was in the old relationship, even though she's with a new man. Some of y'all can say amen to that, because that's you. Some of y'all can say amen to that, because that's been you, all right? And just and vice versa, or a woman, she becomes defensive. She becomes anxious. She, becomes, she pulls away. Why? Because her inner image of men needs to be renewed and for so many people all right your your image of your money needs to be renewed your image of your health needs to be renewed right why because we filter everything who we are what you can what we can do our circumstances even the way we've been treated in life all that has been filtered through our imagination and if we don't properly direct those things it begins to limit god's ability to perform in our life because we can't produce the images that he wants so you want to have a good marriage you want to be booed up you want to have a man but all you carrying into your relationships is that past due so until your imagination gives you until you fuel your imagination with something different, you cannot create an opportunity to make something new. Does that make sense? So with the word of God, you can cleanse the filter, going back to what we said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, right? and to come against everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So what I got to do is use the word of God to wash my mind. I got to use the word of God to wash out my soul. I got to use the word of God to recreate a new truth for me. And when I do that, my life will become exactly everything that I imagine. Why? Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as we close, some of y'all stop being a victim, all right? You you imagine yourself as a victim. You always want to be rescued. You got to make a decision. That's not you. That's not you. Here's what the Lord told me. He said, rap there will always be victims, but but that don't got to be you. There will always be a victim, but but you don't got to be the victim." You, there will always be somebody in need, but you don't got to be the one in need. There will always be somebody looking for for, for, for provision, but you don't got to be that person. Why? Because I, before you even prayed, I already knew what you have need of, son. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I add all these things to you. He says, take care of my kingdom and I'll make sure you have everything that you need. So when I imagine myself doing that, I have everything that I need. So we're going to end with an hour and 17 minutes. We'll pick up next week. So, your walk away today, though, is this see yourself the way that the Father created you. Act and be self-reflective. All right. See be self-reflective this week. Why do I think this way? Let your friends talk to you. I had mom, mom been been on me about, about finances and the way I see money. Why? Because I know what God has called me to do. But as much as I know that God has provided me uh access. If I don't see myself possessing that, if I don't see myself there, even though the provision is there, I won't ever grasp it until I see myself having it. So I got to deal with all the wicked thinking. I got to tear those things down with the word of God so I may cleanse my filter and I got to fuel my imagination with the word so I can see what God has said. So that's you. What images that you have in your life that are contrary to the word? What words have you given weight to that's contrary to the word of God? Tear those things down. Tear those things down. So thank you guys. I mean, it's it's one. Y'all hung in there. It's 44. We got 45 people still on here. Y'all hung in there. All right. We'll pick up next week talking about the imagination. Why? Because this is such a tool for warfare against the enemy. If I can spend the time and I can see myself out of debt, if I can see myself healthy, if I can see my marriage whole, if I can see see myself making six digits a year, if I can see myself outside of poverty, if I can see myself in that, if I can see the reflection of the word and the promises that God has told me, if I can imagine it, I can experience it, and it can become the existence in which is my reality. So I'm gonna see everything God has said. That's my confession. God, I thank you. I see everything that you've said. I see everything that you've said. So, so let me look at my notes. Let me make sure. All right. So that's that's the end of the message. We are gonna stop. This is hour 19. But if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior, right? If you have never accepted the, the God that gave you this, this great image maker, the God that gives you the ability to overcome, the God that gave you dunamis power in the form of the Holy Spirit, the God that sent his son and died for you even though he knew that you we would walk away from him. If you don't know that God, the God that says I love you in spite of, the God that says bring me your flaws, bring me your brokenness, bring me all the crap that you don't want, that you don't Need to let me give you peace, let me give you wholeness, let me give you my love, let me give you joy unsafe. I mean, unstoppable, let me give you abundance. If you don't know that, God, you need to come home. You need you need to come home. All right. You need to allow Jesus to be God to be your Lord. And if that's you, just pray this prayer. God, tonight you know what? I want you to be my Lord. I'm coming home. I'm coming to the kingdom tonight, God, because this is where I know I'm supposed to be. I accept you as my Lord. I accept you as my Savior. And I declare the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of me. I will see what you have said. And right now I see myself born again. I see myself redeemed. I see myself set free. I see myself liberated. I am not the same man or the same woman I used to be. Yeah, my hands look the same and my feet look the same, but I know that the image on the inside of me will change and then find yourself a good church home. FOC is a great place to come. So if you want to be a partner at FOC, you just let us know you want to be a partner. Go to that link on there, go to the web page, become a partner. Let us know. Right? Let us know you want to be a partner so that you can begin to we pray over our partners. We fast for our partners. Uh we get we give you the word so that you can be empowered. So if that's you, go become a partner. All right. And if you said the prayer of salvation, let us know. We want to know who said the prayer. I want to make sure uh, I'm praying for you. And I want to make sure that I can help you connect to a local church or you could be a virtual partner you or whatever. I need to make sure that you're getting the word because being born again is one thing. But then growing up and maturing is a whole nother thing. And so we got a bunch of Christians that got born again at 16 and they still toddlers. They still infants and they're 50, 60 years old. Why? Because they never were forced to mature by being fed the word. And so we want to make sure that you're not just born again, but you grow up and you are mature. So come to a ministry that can do that for you. All right. Next thing offering. Hey, guys, make sure you're giving. If you are a member of FOC, you know we at FOC, we got 100% tithers. You got 100% tithers at foc you like what you're talking about Ralph that's what we see that's our image we got a 100% tithers at foc so give your tithers every partner at foc gives the way god has called them to give every we got 100% people uh, people partners who are givers and tithers not just to our ministry but to everything that god's called them to be 100% of our partners live in abundance and excess and overflow that's what, we, that's what we see. That's our image for, for this ministry. FOC impacts the world. FOC has partners all across the world. And you know how we reach those partners? Because you give your seed. So make sure that you give. And last thing, and that's on the board to do that. And the last thing I'm going to pray, and we're going to be out of here. Father God, we thank you for the word tonight. We thank you, God, that we see ourselves the way that you see us. We thank you that everything that you said about us that it begins to become our narrow focus father that that everything every word god we hang on and we give weight to we declare that we will not conform to this world's way of thinking, but we'll be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We thank you that we allow your word to be our weapon, our mighty weapon, Father, that tears down strongholds, that tears down wicked thinking, Father, that tears down everything that exhausts itself above you. And we thank you that that word paints images in our minds so that we can be Uh, Resilient in the face of adversity That we can be resilient In the face of sideshow distractions That we will be resilient We will stand stand And be unmovable in the things God And we know that everything that we do And that our labor is not in vain And you will reward us right? You will reward us for every single thing, Father. We thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that you are just, and we thank you that you have already done it. Why? Because you finished the end before the beginning. We receive, Father, tonight everything that you have for us. We imagine ourselves as sons of the most living God, and we inherit everything our Father has for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, be blessed. I love y'all. I hope that you guys had an opportunity to laugh a little bit, that you learned a whole lot and that you can use this word to impact your life. You guys be blessed. Have a wonderful night. Love you.